Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. Hello and welcome to the Hot Mess Mums. Tis I, Jenny Powell, and... I, Kelly Pegg. Hello. Hi, hello. And I am am beaming with pride because our guest today is my absolutely fantastic, wonderful um, nephew, Jonathan. John Boy, I call him. And um, I've got many stories because I used to bounce him up and down on my knee. He'll cringe at this because um, I'm one of his old aunt. Um, but I, um, he is a surgical registrar um, at a London hospital. Um, so he's out there on the front line. And uh, I did a, an amazing Instagram um, with his equipment on uh, for the current crisis. And I've got such an incredible response, uh, obviously not just for Jonathan, but for everybody out there, all the carers and the workers at the NHS. And Kelly and I decided, in fact, we insisted that um, we got to chat to this guy. Um, and uh, hopefully he's not going to embarrass and hit me and I won't embarrass him. I know, please do embarrass her. <laughs> <laughs> So Jonathan, you've just come off your shift, so thank you, thanks so much because I know it's late and uh, you. Well, I don't know, I don't know, how, I don't know how you come down off things like this and you, a day that you've had. Can you just run us through your day? Uh, yeah, I can. So uh, we, at the moment, I think everybody probably knows that NHS is under a lot of pressure. So a lot of our elective operating has all been cancelled. So we've had a week now where we don't do anything but emergency surgery because that obviously still runs in the background that there's always a lot of things to do. Um, so this today, what have we done? So today we've got in about 7.30, um, prepped the patients and got ready for the ward round. I've been round with the juniors. And then we've had a lady with an obstructing cancer. So she had an emergency cancer operation today, which we needed to do because she wasn't very well at home, so we brought her in to do that. Uh, and then that's probably taken about five hours. So that was a five-hour case. Uh, and then after that, I went back to the ward, did the ward round with the guys to make sure things were okay. And then we had another patient that was sick on the ward, um, which we've dealt with and sorted out. Um, and then really, it's just about helping out a lot of the other doctors, really, because sort of in my role at the moment, I'm the emergency surgeon on call because that still goes on. Um, but obviously, my colleagues are struggling with the virus and the patients that are coming in. So we've run out of ITU, our normal ITU level got reached its capacity today. So we spent sort of the last two weeks preparing for this. So there's a completely new ward now, which has opened up, which is our new ITU. Uh, so they're starting to get patients into that. And then from tonight until Monday morning, I'm on like the standby list. So we can get a phone call whenever just to come in. So we've switched on to like an emergency rotor at the moment. So yeah. So it's all sort of, the beginning of the week was quite chilled and not much going on. We've done a lot of preparation, but today and a little bit yesterday, it started to, uh, we've definitely started to get the numbers coming through the door. 
So it's that shift, isn't it? The shift and being prepared for really something that you're not necessarily... I mean, you've all been thrown in at the deep end. I know you are, in a way, prepared for everything and anything, but this is quite surreal. It's a really strange situation to be in, I think, at the hospital. The whole dynamics of the hospital have completely changed. You know, we've had to close our second surgical ward so that we can clear it out of patients so we're ready for the medical sort of virus patients that need to come in. So there's actually one ward at the moment that's completely empty and dark at the hospital, but that's because we know what's coming in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's odd. It's a strange situation to be in at the moment. We've heard a lot, obviously, about the um, the protective gear. Um, there's been a lot in the news about shortages of things and, and calls for uh people to have more protection as well and obviously Jenny shared that picture of you really covered um what's that been like in your experience has there been enough protective gear for you all at all times have you um do you feel that there is enough do you feel secure when you have it how does it feel with all of that yeah, I mean, like it's difficult, isn't it? So we had this discussion on we have a, we had a big meeting on Monday about this, and that was one of the concerns that was raised by a lot of us to our chief executive about the PPE and the situation with that. So we've, um, I'd say, at the beginning of the week, no, we didn't have enough, and we we definitely didn't have enough. But by the end of this week, they seem to have got the deliveries through the door, which is giving us enough equipment, and then it's about. Um, it's about learning how to use the equipment properly. So it's it's not just about you know putting a mask on. There's a lot of lot of other things to it, um, and we're learning from you know. Um, I was online about a week ago listening to a couple of the surgeons from Italy, and they were doing a webinar, and they were just giving us advice about things. And actually, the main thing that they've said is you need to take your time when you're putting on the PPE because if you don't do it properly. They're, that's where all of their doctors have been getting infected and their medical staff are getting infections because they're not putting stuff on properly. Right. Um, and that's why. So it is really important. But I'd say definitely towards the end of this week, we've definitely got things in the hospital now. The problem is it's quite a, it's a disposable thing. So that's a, that mask is like a one-use thing. So you use it for one patient and then you have to throw it. So obviously they need to keep that supply up so that we've got it. Um, and there are some confusing, I think, guidelines from... Uh, Public Health England about when or when not to use the PPE. So I think most of us would probably, you know, in the situation we're in now, we kind of think we have to assume that every patient that's coming through the door has the virus Mm -hmm. and therefore we approach it in that kind of way. But that's not the guidance that we're kind of, we're given. We're sort of picking and choosing, which I'm not sure that's the best way to go. But then we don't have enough PPE to do it for every single patient. So... It's difficult. And I'm, yeah. No, yeah, go no, go on, John. No, I was John. just. I, was just <laughs> I call him John. I was, go, go on, John. John. Yeah, John. I think, like, for my role, like, I'm not in the super high risk bit because I'm doing the operating and the surge. And it's the, my colleagues, like the anaesthetist who put the patient to sleep, that's yeah. a procedure which generates a lot of virus into the air. So yeah. they're quite concerned. And there's definitely, if you look at the statistics from other countries, sort of that core group of people, anaesthetics and the people, the nursing staff that help the anaesthetist, they're most at risk. So for them, I definitely think they're in a really high risk role. So they should definitely be wearing it. But it so definitely has improved. 
Right. And what about your staff then? Is everyone okay? You know, has anyone been sort of struck with the virus? Uh, Because obviously that's significant for for the numbers, you know, the numbers of people come in and obviously, you know, you need a full staff. Um, So how's that been affected? So I can speak my guys. So out of the whole hospital, we've probably got 100 and we've got 106 doctors today, which are off sick um, or waiting to... You know, they might not be tested positive, so they probably right. haven't had a test, but they've expressed yeah, some symptoms. So they're off while they're waiting, aren't they? Yeah, so some of, obviously people yeah. live at home with their families, so if a family member's had some yeah. symptoms, they have to isolate for 14 days, so they're off work. Uh, and then people have got symptoms, it's another it's seven days, so they've got to be off for seven days until the symptoms have got better. So, yeah, we've got 106 doctors, and I'd say... Just on my surgical ward, about a third of the nursing staff now are off. So it's crazy, really. Do you think, I mean, a lot of people, you know, up here in Manchester, uh, the football, the boys, um, was it Gary Neville? Uh, Yeah, yeah. The hotel, they put, you know, they've provided that as accommodation for um, the NHS workers, which means, you know, they're isolated and they can just get 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 to bed quickly and not be concerned about infecting anyone if they are. But I don't know. Is something like that a good idea then? Definitely, I think so. Because say you're you live in the household and one of your family members have got symptoms. You're going to go home to them, aren't you, with those symptoms, and then you're going to have to isolate yourself for 14 days. The other thing is, if you're staying in a hotel where you're separated from your family, then you're not putting them at risk of bringing it back. Because where I think, as healthcare workers, you're more at risk, obviously, of picking it up. So it is important. It's definitely helpful. And just for you know, just for ease of getting to work, if you live far away, you're doing longer hours easy as possible isn't it and so you can relax as quickly as possible as well I mean the thing is you want to remember you're doing this you know you all have these jobs when there isn't a pandemic and there isn't a covid um and you know I, I always think you know this is will raise huge awareness about what you're all doing anyway but I think it will change things up won't it the appreciation and um the okay. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> Okay. Well, we certainly saw it last night, didn't we? There was lots of uh, applause and clapping and all that stuff. That was nice. I know you're not technical and you're not on Instagram, which I love, but it's actually the hashtag, Jonathan, for you is clap for our carers. That That's the hashtag. So if anyone no. says that, don't say what's a hashtag. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but wasn't Thanks it amazing? It, it, I mean, it is nice, isn't it, that everybody did that and it, it's incredible. But it, it, obviously it comes to the pressures that's put on the NHS anyway. And that's not what ordinary people can help with fixing. We can support you guys, which we absolutely should. But I think there's hopefully what also will come out of this is that the government and the right sort of bodies will look at giving you guys more support in case things like this happen again. But in general, you know, I mean, I've been in hospital with both my children having them. I had C-sections with both of them and the midwives were amazing, but they were all extremely short staffed and doing more than probably five people's jobs at once. And they all sort of said that things were getting cut all the time. Well, that's going back like three years ago nearly three years ago so I think there's a need isn't there for 
uh, more support for the NHS and more financial support as well, because you guys are pressured anyway before this happened. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think, like, I just, from my experience in my hospital, I've been there, for, this is my second year in a row there. Normally we change every year, but I've managed to get two years there. And, you know, we've got, a, mm, I think, I don't know, I think it's about a 14-person registrar rotor, and we're five people down. And we've been five people down since August last year now. So we just, we have the jobs that are out there, but we're just not filling them. So I don't know what the reason for that is, really. You, you, you know, you compete very hard to get into medical school and you think that, you know, everyone wants to do it. Yeah. But actually, a lot of people are getting wise to it now and, and thinking they don't want to do it because, you know, it's a lot. It's not just, uh, it's often not just a job. It sort of does take over a lot of different aspects of your life. Yeah, it's a vocation, um, isn't it? It's yeah. from yeah. the heart, oh. that kind of job. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, I got we got quite a big response for it. I mean, most people are completely in awe. Somebody, you know, they're, they're you know, calling you superhumans, true heroes, um, all the things that obviously we all think. Um, but it, it, I got quite a few messages. I'm just saying I did people because Jonathan's not on Instagram. I don't know if I said that already. Uh, I can't believe it. I'm, She's I'm trying to embarrass you. 500 years older than him. <laughs> there have been a lot of sort of comments saying, you know, it's about time that we really, you know, this is the time now we realise what these people are worth. These are the real role models and let's pay them, you know, two and a half thousand pounds a month because, you know, apparently it's there, which is what they're saying about the self-employed. I don't want to go down that road. But, you know, there are lots of people being really conscious about the fact who are who don't work in the NHS, but saying, you know, it's about time that there was a you know, at least a 15% rise in, uh, you know, wages, if not, well, probably a lot more. Um, but there is, there seems to be an awareness out there and this hopefully will bring it to the fore. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, for, for us, I think like, you know, there's not an infinite number, amount of money to supply, like to go into the NHS is there. But, and I think, you know, Doctors, we've had our disputes with the government about paying stuff, and I don't think that we get paid what we should do for our thing, but for what we do. But it's not, I think, more than that, it's about the nursing staff, to be honest. The nursing staff do so much work, you won't believe. A lot of the nursing staff at the moment are, so they're not ITU specialist nurses at all, so that takes a few years to get trained in. These guys have been getting, we've trained 450 people in the last week to try and look after ventilators okay. and um, become ITU nurses in a few hours of training. And they're, lots of them are terrified that they've got, they're going to be doing this. Yeah. But, and they're doing it for, for an absolute pittance of money. Because mm -hmm. they're so still... I think, yeah, the nurse, nursing staff are, yeah, they deserve a huge, uh, so much more, as do all, all the other people that are in there, you know, porters, cleaners, everyone. They all deserve a lot more than, it's not really, I think the doctors, you know, we do, we do we're not doing what, getting what we should, but it's, we should forget about the doctors. We should try and help these guys more, because it's not fair. It's definitely not fair. It'd be nice to see, wouldn't it? That... Yeah, sorry. No, you go, Jem. 
Oh, I was just going to say, everyone's mucking in, basically, aren't they? Everyone's yeah. just, you know, it's changing up, it's shifting all the time. Everyone's adjusting, adapting, but uh, you know, very quickly because they have to. You know, it, what's happening is imminent. The, the the big the big peak. So um, yeah, that's incredible. You know, they'll look back. I mean, what an experience! I know, and it's a vocational thing, but still, you know, I, th- I suppose for you, you know, it what you get out of it. You know, I, I suppose is inexplicable. I, it must be very, very hard to, to describe because I presume doing what you do every day is, and the feeling you get is not like me going, "Yeah, well, it was a good interview, Kelly. That was great." Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really work, really, do we? Let's be honest. You know, so it's it's not in the same league. Well, it's good chat though. You do have some good chat, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what a podcast is, Jonathan? I'm not saying you're a real technical, but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Can I, I just say something? Do you know what? what's really hilarious? So, I mean, I, I have looked after Jonathan since he was a little baby. Like, oh baby sometimes you should see his face. He's absolutely shitting himself. He's had to take a swig of lager. <laughs> Uh, but the funniest thing is, his dad, who's my brother, phoned up one day and he, he, he was at school and he passed out. And do you know why he passed out? He was only little because he, he couldn't stand the sight of blood. No! Oh, my yeah. God. So how did you get over that then? Yeah, I, you know what? It's not just once I've done that. I must have done that about five times. <laughs> no! Yeah, yeah I'm not... Yeah, I, and now I'm a surgeon. So I don't know how that worked out. Oh, my God, so, yeah. How was um, it? Yeah. It's, re- it's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> oh. I think I'd pass out if I was watching an operation, though. I don't think I could. My brother was going to be a doctor, and he did, um, <clears throat> before when he was doing his A-levels, he did loads of work placements. He didn't do it in the end. He went to uni, and then he decided he just didn't want to give his life to it, a bit like what you were saying earlier. Um, yeah. But he did a placements and he one of our friends was a surgeon and he went in with him for a couple of weeks. And I remember he said to him, do you want us before they did this operation, do you want us to get you a chair? Most people tend to go green, then they pass out. And my brother said, no, I'll be absolutely fine. And he was bloody fine. He never passed out once. He did um, some postmortem stuff as well. And never, it never bothered him. Dead bodies, nothing. I couldn't believe it. I think I would just, I'd be sick. <laughs> I just wouldn't, that'd be no good. <laughs> I've just about got over it now. That's good. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> Jonathan, just make sure your mask is fitted properly and whatever you do, don't pass out. Um, but how's the, how's the, you know, in a situation that we've, we're in now, I know you're all a, a, a tight team anyway, but has it affected sort of the relationships amongst you all, you know, your team, your people? Yeah, it's it's actually, um, I don't know, it's like quite a warming thing to go into now. So you, there's always, what I, I suppose, whatever workplace that you are in, there's always a little bit of like rivalries or politics between people. So, you know, for us, like, we're the surgeons and then we have the medics as well. And there's always a little bit of banter and stuff between them. But now actually to be honest, we were getting this talk on Monday and uh, uh, one of the consultants was talking to us and she was completely right. She was like, you need to drop all of this stuff about being a medic, being a surgeon or being a hematologist or whatever it is, you're just doctors. And that's literally what everyone started thinking. Mm -hmm. So we're just doctors and 
we have to do whatever there is that needs to be done. Mm. So I think that goes to everybody in the nation at the moment. It's all leveled out, hasn't it? If you think about it, it's quite significant. We are all the same in this. Yeah. You know, there's no hierarchy, there's no pecking order. We're all the same to get through this. Um, yeah. And um, I was just going to say for you, you know, it, things can get frustrating because you come back home, you hear from goons like me or your mates down the, well, what was the pub, but down the phone now or on FaceTime or yeah. whatever. Um, so what, what, what message do you want to get across to people? You know, the thing when you just, you know, you, you take your gear off and you think, God, God's sake, people, why don't you, you know, just, you know, what, what's the message you, you would want to get across to people? I think this is a message that I've already, uh, you know, my friends, have, I've told them this week, and I know they're probably following it, but it, so what we've seen all week is that we've seen this gradual step up in cases and, you know, culminating in today, our ITU's fall, we need to open a new ITU. But that's been manageable because it's been steady increases as we go. Um, and the reason that that most likely happened is because most people have been following this thing of, you know, social distancing. And that is, I can't tell you how important that is. So if people haven't have done that, there's absolutely, we would, our hospital would collapse. Like, well, and people, we just wouldn't be able to get people into ITU quick enough. You know, if you're just thinking about one patient, that comes to the hospital that needs ITU, that's going to take up a whole team, maybe an hour and a half, two hours, to get them stable, secure, transport them to the right unit, get a scan, get the appropriate treatment on. And that's why it's so important. And I know you, if you, people are watching the, the news every day and the updates, and that's something that people stress so much. So I think one of the things that, gets us all quite annoyed is when we if we see pe people even on my drive you know back from work sometimes and we see uh, four or five people just walking together down the road and I know it, it is really difficult no one wants to be stuck in their house doing nothing but you should own it it is about social distancing and that is the key key message if we don't do if that so I think people have been very good at it for a week and that, unfortunately, is going to have to continue for quite a long time. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. It's like we've ticked the box, you know, oh, we've done a week now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, and that's, the, that's what worries me, that it, you, you know, do you agree with people when they're when they're, we're hearing the news that it will be sort of three months, or do you think, in your opinion, it could be could be longer? Because I think everyone sort of sees that as the end goal, don't they? But this is a, such a huge thing. Yeah, I mean, I, it won't disappear in three months, but it might be. A, I don't think, but it might get to a stage where it's manageable in terms of we just get a few. A, a few little peaks of it, but the little peaks we're able to cope with because we'll have the capacity within the system to be able to deal with that. But I, and you, you all probably read stuff about the virus, the, in terms of developing a vaccine and, you know, probably looking at 18 months to develop a vaccine. So that's, we're probably looking at, I would suggest it will probably go down a bit in the summertime and then we'll get a few more peaks as we go throughout the year and probably into 2021 we'll still have it in the background of the diseases unfortunately that we are picking up and if we get a great vaccine for it then brilliant then that will definitely help us. Best for you to know when you've had it 
Oh, see that. See these. Those things are key for the workforce. You like we were talking about earlier. One hundred and six doctors that have gone down with it, um, or think they have. Yeah. So, so if you can get a test done, maybe fifty straight back now. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So very important. I read somewhere that um, sometimes because of the pressure and, and how this all causes a bit of anxiety and obviously there is always the flu going around that some people start to imagine the symptoms as well so if you're at home and you're like oh god my throat feels tickly all of a sudden you can be like shit I've got it or I'm getting it and obviously if you're staying at home then then that's fine but if you have the testing kits that would probably help alleviate people's minds a bit as well I guess I see yeah, it would make a difference, but but I think you know we're quite good here at being strict with the tests that are coming through. So we don't want to, you know, a bad test is worse than no test. So yeah. if you, you need to have a really robust test that gives you very accurate results, um, and you know that's what the government and scientific advisors are doing at the moment. So they're they've invested a lot of money in it, and they're but they're also testing it before they put it out into the public and. You know, all of these things take time. You yeah. can't rush these kind of things. No. So we need a good test that has a higher sensitivity. And if we can get that, and if we can turn the results around, maybe in 48 hours or so, then you know what? Probably, like you said already, half those doctors that are off will come back to work because they'd say, actually, we don't have it. So yeah, I think that's, that's the key. Yeah. So, so, Jonathan, you've come off your shift. I know you're, he's single, everyone. Are you single? Oh, God, Auntie Jenny doesn't even know. Are you? I can't remember at the moment. Present present time? I'm not. Oh, no. Jen. Oh, my God. You can't say that when he's not. You should know. You are single. You're not single. No, no, I'm not single. You know this. What? Wait a minute. I don't know if I do. It's all right. We'll edit this bit. This is uh, <laughs> okay. So, you now, what happens with your partner now? Uh, just don't teach other. Your daily life now, because you're always going in the hospital. I know you don't really like mum and dad because dad's old. My brother's old. Uh, you got to be yeah. careful, haven't you? I'll tell you what they did do. They made a great chicken pie the other day and uh, put it in foil and left it on the front doorstep with the door shut so I could pick it up. Oh, <laughs> sweet. It was. It was lovely. <laughs> so it's tricky, isn't it? Go on. With yeah. just, just no, you just, like, all I've really done, I think, which I've made a point of doing over the last week, is because I think with us of being in the healthcare, we're at quite high risk yeah. of getting the infection. So, you know, I've even said that to my friends that are close by, they want to go for a walk or something, and I'm like, well, I can't, I'm not coming with you. You can, A couple of you can go and you can have your walk. Yeah. but I'm not going to join you on that. And that's kind of what I'm doing. So I'm only seeing my work colleagues who yeah. I have to see and then no one else after that. Right. Gosh, it's a podcast on, on the web so you can see, you know, we see each other. I mean, you know, well, yeah. it's your only hope. <laughs> You're the only two people that I've talked to outside of work for ages. Oh, you need to change awesome. that, though, because when you get home, you need That's, to yeah, switch same. off and have some yeah. nutty women like us or somebody on FaceTime <laughs> or Skype kind of, yeah. you know, changing it up yeah. a bit. 
you have you to, yeah, you'd have, like, to have that. What you, you know, I need to get into technology, don't I? I need to get into these apps. And right. I mean, obviously I can't, but I'll get Polly. It's, uh, yeah, I'll get Polly, your cousin, to, uh, yeah, she's 11. She knows a lot more than me, Polly. I'll get her to give you a ring and sort it out. She's on Zoom at the yeah. moment and watching, like, watching a movie with three or four friends. <laughs> They've all watching something or other, and they're all watching them. I said, how can you do that all together and you're all in different houses? I'll get Polly. You can, you can watch, um, I think they're watching Pitch Perfect, if that's of any use to you, John. Anything I'd appreciate else? a lesson. Okay, I'll get her, I'll get her to do that for you. But um, <laughs> no, it's been, it's been, thank you for talking to us yes. as well. Honestly. Oh, no, I know, it's been really nice. Really nice? Is that it, John? I mean, all your mates and everything on Insta, they'd be like, what, you're talking to your aunt? Wow. And Kelly, obviously. Right? Oh, yeah, and me. I'm not Jenny Powell, but, yeah, and me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's been nice to see Jenny doing some work, actually. I know. Oh, she's, been, she's been very busy these last few days, recording every day. She gets so excited about it. We had the medicinal <laughs> chef on earlier. And I, I, well, we have to wait. Well, you won't see it because you're not on Instagram, but I've got yeah. some ideas for some of the clips we're going to put out. She sang to him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there was a lot of love going on. I definitely. Was just, I was just so happy to be doing something yeah. my bit. We're just we're informing people about with their diet with a medicinal chef how to, you know, keep your immunity no, up and well. We were yeah. we were getting tips for the menopause and for my thyroid. Yeah. Basically, yeah. we just wanted <laughs> medical advice, nutrition advice from him. It was Priority, like Dale, yeah, Dale's clinic. That's what it was yeah. for Jenny yeah. and Kelly. Be selfish. We're just asking our own personal questions, which were just ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm going to round off with a message from my other half, Martin, who did Instagram you, but then I said he's not on Instagram. And this, I think, is just a real tribute. And um, I know there are many people out there at the NHS who are the same as you. And he said, so grateful and proud of you, Jonathan. Couldn't think of a better man on the front line right now. You have the patience, wisdom and humility needed for your patients and fellow staff. Your hospital are lucky to have you there and so are we. So thank you. Oh. Thank you. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Okay. Dude. That's what you are, a dude. Yeah. And I didn't even say any embarrassing stories about when you were a baby. No, thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Job done. I could probably have got you back with this though, couldn't I? So, uh, yeah. Oh, really? Do we know some <laughs> stuff about her? Oh, we've been on, we've been on way too long. Uh, yeah. yeah, we have. Uh, and thank you so much, and and, and yeah. just you know keep doing what you're doing. I know it's a vocation to you, but to the rest of us, it's quite overwhelming. And I'm dead proud of you. Uh, it's good fun. It's all good. All good. Oh, we'll, still we'll get it all done. Stay safe as well. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys definitely. We will do. We're staying in. <laughs> Please stay in. That's exactly what I was going to say. Please stay in.